There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Welcome back to TMA, presented to you by Brown and Croup, and my name is Tim McCurden. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm the best. I don't know. I don't say it. You say it. I do. Mark Hammond I just said it, it, Doug. Your dad has said it. He said that to get you the job in the first place. Dump out a do- Doug immediately. This okay. is... This oh, we're is... not even on. Oh, good. No, we're on a podcast. This is just a dry run. All right. Uh, that's Doug Vaughn. He'll be uh, notified of litigation. Look at that hair. I know. He's got a pompadour now. Plowhawk mm-hmm. and Action Jackson. I'm close to reaching full tuftitude. I'm just gonna let that breathe a little bit. <laughs> I think even if I got ten thousand graphs, I couldn't have. Maybe I could have like the hairline you have, but you have such. Doug, it's, he's got a thick head of hair too. Thicket. You know he's what I mean? Got a thicket, yeah. He's got a thicket. Or a cranial thicket. Cranial thicket. Mm-hmm. Well, you either have it or you don't. There's not much you can do to get it or to lose it. It just happens. Jeans, baby, jeans. He's crusting. Yeah. Who's crusting? Am I crusting? You're crusting. <laughs> Well, then I crest. No, I, I think the people at St. Louis Hair Restoration could make you look real nice, like nice, man. I nice just hang out at Napoli like. all the time. Nice fur, like <laughs> nice. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate. He's got that. the eyes. He tells us about him. Big oh. flow in the house. That's from Mr. Smith. You go by Big Flow now. Apparently, yeah. I like that name. <laughs> big least, flow. At least the about the last two months, I have. Yeah. All you got to do is have any hair at all, and we'll call yeah. you Big Flow around yeah. here. Plowhawk's got it. Sick lid. But we never see any size, any any size of thinning anywhere. It seems like you're good. Not really, I got Plus he's really well hung, Mark. Got butchered at a great clip. They didn't really <laughs> get a lot of layers on my hair. It's been a while to grow back to normal. But yeah, I haven't had. Any, I don't have any bald spots, no grays. Man, look at you. Pretty yeah. blessed. Pretty blessed. My dad had. Dude, I mean, still pretty. He pretty full. Got that salt and pepper now, but he never went How old bald. Your father. Ooh, he just, January 2nd, he turned 66? 66 bills. God, if I'm wrong, Dad, my bad. I know he's a loyal listener. Was he a loyal listener? Oh, of course. PLTDs? Of course. He retired. He had nothing to do. Right. Hang out. I don't want to wait until the golf tournament to mention how happy I am for you and Madison. Oh, Matt. Well, you don't have to oh, wait. Yeah, thank you. That. Are you, are you obviously going to sponsor the hole again? We're going to have a good times, right? Oh, big time. God, I can't wait. Absolutely. I appreciate yeah, the treat, it. The treat hole. The treat hole. We talk, we use your... Evergreen Wealth bag from last year's, you know, that Coor bag. Oh, it's quality. Almost every time we go camping, it's fantastic. So we think about you quite often. We can't play at Normandy this year, though, can we? The course is going to be shut down. That is correct. Normandy will not reopen until 2025. So where are we going to go? Oh, we'll find a hole, Bill. STLCC. Okay. 
St. Louis Country Club is interested in it. Is it big enough, though? Yeah. The gallery, can they accommodate? They would love to have some of our people running around the you facility. Imagine Lowball offering them a yeah. bunch of Hoosiers <laughs> to come out there and we eat will, sandwiches. Uh, we will need you guys to shut down the course on both Thursday and Friday mm-hmm. so an HD2 radio show can... You know, I'd like to be yeah, a part cool of tournament. is, you know, the director of SDLCC having Field all the member call. gather in. Hey, guys, you, you know, the date, mark it on your calendar. Yeah. You're not going to be able to play on Thursday and Friday. Because we can make another $200. In the heart of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be St. Louis Country Club. That'll be great. That'll be fun. <laughs> so that's the early word. It's not, it's not written in ink yet, but... Probably. That's exactly. Probably. It's, it's probably going yeah. to be at St. Louis Country Club. Okay. Uh, send your emails in for our design, air, heating, and cooling email today. It comes your way in about 47 to 48 minutes. Uh, and then uh, Jackson and I are going to go down the hallway. Mark, I don't know if you heard Jackson getting and Doug really excited about what's coming up on Balloon Party. He says it's a wide berth Wednesday. I don't have anything. That's one of my five favorite balloon party days. Is it really? I love the wide berth Wednesday. What thoroughfare Thursday? <laughs> What is six shooter? What is a little fiddle six shooter. A take it all pew, in pew, Tuesday to where you just kind of like take that. all that weekend. Jackson bro. kind of bait and switched the uh, the listeners of Balloon Party this year. Said he wasn't going to subscribe to the NBA's app to watch NBA games, and now he's just rubbing it in his, their faces that he's not watching Blues games. That's right. He's just Why? taunting them. He's taunting Why? the audience. That's the Blues station. Hmm. Indeed, it is. Gosh, and you don't sound. It was almost flippant. Such I, a great heel turn. Uh, I mean. You know, it's a sports station as well, and basketball is a sport, so I don't feel like I'm doing something so wrong. Gosh, I don't know. I'm only watching nationally televised games. I don't even have League Pass, which sucks. It's been some great matchups I've been wanting to watch. As your financial advisor, I suggest investing in League Pass. It makes you happy. It does, but... Life fulfillment. It's pricey. You just get a little little taste of that Mark Hanna right there. You just got a little taste. Yep. Life fulfillment. I like that term. That's what Life it's all about. Yeah. I mean, you could have all the zeros that you want followed by a one. But what does it mean if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled? You know, you you can do all the the planning and saving, but if you're living miserly, if you're not enjoying life along the way with your family, with your friends, true to your faith, what matters to you, mm-mm. it's no way to live. Got to pull it all together. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Doug, you just got a little little peek behind the curtains of what goes on there at right. Evergreen Wealth Strategies. EvergreenSTL.com. Oh. You're saying money's not everything, and Iggy's lifestyle is what we should all strive for. I didn't hear that. <sighs> it should be the lifestyle that fits for you. I'm proud of the guy. The guy yeah. impresses me because he's happy. He's he does truly his own happy. Thing. This is what he wants to be. It's what he wants to be. I wouldn't be happy there, but he's happy there. And yeah. that's actually what matters. Because we don't kink shame. Well... He's a survivor. Like, if there was this huge, big mega virus that took out 90% of the population, Iggy would still be in his 800-square-foot hobble yeah, in Maryland Heights, not right. even knowing yeah. it's going Slowly on. Slowly walking uh-huh. along, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, right. Blending yeah. in. I mean, this is the truth. <laughs> if there were some kind of 2008-like crash, he would probably not be impacted. Everyone lost their home. The <laughs> banks be. closed. He's like, oh, I'm ready uh, to How about this? Shout out Mark spent 20 minutes talking it over yesterday. He's one of the good ones. Every everyone should work with him. That's from Shrimply Pibbles. Did you meet Shrimply Pibbles and in parentheses his wife cuz he sends in pictures of her Doug on the regular. I think I just figured out who Shrimply Pibbles is. Oh, you didn't know? No, I didn't. Big Power Mizzou poster. Hmm. 
He might yeah. be from Cottleville, and I know as a Warson Woods guy, you're probably at odds Ooh. with anyone from Cottleville. Uh, I refuse to pass 270s, not because I have anything against the other side of the highway. Yeah. I don't want to drive that far. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard about the big feud going on. I, I understand. Groves and Cottleville yeah. rivalry. We, we don't care. Okay. I just don't care. Uh, you're a Melville Panther. Who was your rival when you were in high school? Oh, was it Oakville? my goodness. I'd say Oakville, yeah. but when you never win, how can it be a rivalry? What about Resetner Jenkins? You had to twist the knife when you turned that in there. Fourth and 25 <laughs> against the U-High. Hey, Jeremy Rutherford's on the line. Is he? And, and we were doing median household incomes of all the municipalities in the area, Doug. Mm-hmm. And uh, JR, uh, you know, yours might actually be pretty high because you have the Swings family in your municipality, and I think they're doing pretty well. Yeah, you know, that, uh, that median uh, income range here in Imperial... Pretty, pretty high compared to where uh, you live, Tim, and, and where Mark lives. But i got to go back a second here. Can we ask a question and, and be serious? Is Iggy really happy? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not available to answer that right now. He's listening. You think he is listening? I think he's not. I bet you. Oh, I see him out there. But does that mean he's listening? I mean, They're playing in the break room. They play our show in the break room? Yeah. Who Currently. Oh, I, mean, no. I have to turn it down every morning I come in. I'm like, mm-mm. It is loud. Yeah, I'm always creeped out when we walk in and it's playing in the lobby. I still can't believe that that goes on. That's While an catering and, moment. You know, 75 year old who lives in Ladue and she's in using our single story. stall, listening to, you know, Mr. Lick's call. Yeah, sure. Not... Yeah. Jr. I talked to a lot of people. He is happy. I he truly is? believe it. He's 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 got. He talks about his family. Uh, he's very close with his family. He's got his friends that, in his heart, mean the world to him. I don't think that he wants for much. Isn't that the definition of happiness? Doug, think about that. No, I, I think he's really You're happy. seeing those life sure, but take us up the up the uh, mountain right yeah. here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, Mark. I really am. The, the best part about Iggy, I think, and I've talked to Tim about this, is you just don't know. You walk past him, you say <laughs> hello, and you think that he's happy, and, and uh, you think that, uh, you know, his shtick. On the radio, is it a stick? You don't know. I've asked him. He doesn't know. We, so, Doug and uh, I have discussed that. it off the air and during commercial breaks. We we honestly have no idea, which to me makes him the greatest radio personality ever because he doesn't give a damn and he says whatever's on his mind. So uh, so God God bless him. How are things down at the old uh, barnyard last night after a couple great wins? 5-1 against the Panthers. Doug said Matty, Natty, Hattie. Uh, yeah. If you want to use that, <laughs> feel free. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and use it. Well, they haven't been as good as uh, the last couple games. And, uh, by the way, when I use the term the old ballpark uh, in reference to the hockey arena, uh, the hockey folks get upset with me. So I hope They don't like when you call it the old barnyard? The barnyard, the, the ballpark, anything, uh, I, I think I say that's not the rink. I kind really? Of I, thought the, I thought the arena was known as the old barn. I mean, I know they're not yeah, there now. Yeah. But I, barn, yeah, but not ballpark. But I said barnyard, I thought. I know, but he's saying ballpark. Well, I could understand if they didn't like ballpark. <laughs> Sometimes hockey know, fans don't like that... cardinal coverage in general or any reference to baseball. Yeah. There's a there's a little sensitivity to that now. Are Blues That's fans totally... less sensitive now than they were pre-2019? Wouldn't you agree with that? Or do I you would not agree with that? you that, uh, no, I mean, prior to 2019, I mean, you could go away, but my days at the Post-Dispatch, if the Blues won a big game and they were on the bottom of the front page of the sports page yes. and the Cardinals yes. lost to whomever and they would be at the top of the sports page, you know, the Blues would uh, sometimes call in to 
the newspaper and say, hey, what gives here? <laughs> What's going on? So there were a lot of battles, I remember, between the Post-Dispatch and the Blues about the coverage. And I also remember we used to have a gentleman at the Post-Dispatch, Dennis Cutter. He answered the phone every time you called down. People would call down asking for trivia answers, so on and so forth. And he would catch so much heat from Blues fans, and he always told me, hey, listen, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of more Cardinal fans, but you hear from that niche Blues group, and I think that's always been the case. But, Tim, like you said, since 2019, I think you get that cup, you feel better about yourself, you feel better about, you know, the coverage that everybody gets down there. So now the hypersensitive fan base, uh, number one, I think, is Missouri, and then number two, kind of a sneaker play, soccer fans. Cardinal fans are yeah. sassified. They're angry at Mazalock, not at media. And uh, and Blues fans have got their, their cup. Whoever thinks they're not getting the respect they deserve is probably the loudest. That's right. So Missouri group. fans and Blues fans, I think, had a lot in common. So if you're a big fan of both, because both the Blues and Missouri have had, number one, lack of championships up until 2019, and then number two, a bunch of heartbreaking, you know, disasters in big moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like So it's kind of like the Cubs. And the Red Sox, for that matter, just on a smaller scale. But locally, yeah, that's yeah, the Yeah, but case. let's not talk about kicking, you know, off-the-foot touchdowns and Tyus Edney and things like that, right? Yeah, thank you. Show. Yeah, yeah. Shevin Wiggins, Matt Davison, Doug, was that who it was? Ross Setnew Jenkins. Ross Setnew Jenkins, yeah. Melville, so, 91, there's another yeah. one. Four. Fourth down. Yeah, there it is. Oh, look, he does know about it. This JR doesn't play. Uh, JR, so the Blues have that loss last night. They are in the stretch here of playing some big time teams from the Eastern Conference, uh, 0 for 1. But then look at the Rangers uh, on Thursday, Bruins on Saturday. And the game that kind of didn't really have that much excitement around it, considering the three previous opponents, including the Panthers from last night, was the one with the Flyers. But then we had a little drama yesterday. With this Kevin Hayes thing, I'll let the audience know. I'm sure plenty of people in the audience are aware of it, but I'm also sure some aren't familiar with it. And this turned into quite uh, a little media session yesterday with Kevin Hayes and the Philadelphia Flyers and their former fifth overall pick. Doug, are you familiar with this? No, I'm not. Story? This is something uh-uh. else. Take a listen. See what's going on. All right. Here. Hit the lever, Plowsy. No, no, no. This is oh. JR talking. Yeah, so just to set the stage here, uh, in 2022, fifth overall pick, the Philadelphia Flyers selected, I sound like the guy who announced it, Cutter Gauthier, and he is quite the player. He's on the uh, U.S. World Junior team. They just won gold. He's on his way to Philadelphia, but he's got to sign with the team first, and he made it known to the team within the last year, guys, that he did not want to sign with the Flyers. He wanted them to trade him to another team. Well, they had to keep that quiet or they lose some leverage. They kept it quiet for a long time and then just two days ago dealt him to Anaheim. And when the trade came out and everybody was trying to figure out the details, why did this young kid before he signed with the Flyers get moved? And then they find out that he he asked for that. Uh, The connection was made to the Blues' Kevin Hayes because we remember Kevin played for Philadelphia. You know, some people felt like he wanted to get out of Philadelphia. He didn't want to play for Coach John Tortorella. Well, Kevin Hayes went golfing one time with Cutter Gauthier, the prospect, and also I think spoke to him on a couple occasions. And so people drew the connection that it was Kevin Hayes who told Cutter Gauthier that you don't want to play in Philadelphia. So I talked to Kevin Hayes yesterday. He said he got uh, death threats, you know, people wishing ill on his family, glad that his brother you know, has, has passed, uh, which happened a few years ago. And he just that? said, you know, this, this is 100% false. So he came out took a stance, and, and now it's, uh, 
you know, between him and, and the guys who said that on a podcast in Philadelphia, you know, whose word are you going to take? But Kevin Hayes said 100% false. Yeah, so it's a fly, it's like a Flyers fan podcast. I mean, is mm-hmm. it, and they said that this goes by multiple sources say Kevin Hayes is the reason that Cutter Gauthier did not want to play for the Flyers, and then it led to Kevin Hayes getting death threats and messages, people celebrating the fact that his brother died. Uh, and so he went off yesterday. I mean, it, usually, you know, you guys get, and I know you've been doing this now for a long time, you know the program, you'll probably get some juicier stuff when microphones aren't on, but, uh, you know, you get kind of Bull Durham-like answers oftentimes. But I was reading those quotes yesterday. I'm like, holy crap, man, he is pissed off, and understandably so. Yeah, usually when you ask a question, you know, you're going to get a 30-second answer, 45-second answer. I looked at my recorder yesterday after Kevin Hayes. I asked him the one question, so what's going on with this? And uh, 350 later on my recorder, oh. Kevin Hayes wrapped up his answer. So he was uh, pretty ticked off. And, and, Tim, by the way, that podcast in Philadelphia kind of was a fan podcast at one point, but recently in the last few months, uh, the Flyers actually adopted it as their team podcast. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a, that's a different team. deal then. Yeah, officially connected uh, to the team, which uh, had to get the endorsement of, uh, you know, Jones and, and uh, Danny Breer, I'm sure. Wow, I didn't realize even that. If he, even if he did talk to someone and influence him to try to play somewhere else, don't you think that kind of thing happens frequently? When a player will yeah, say, you'd probably be better off going here or there than where you are? All the time, yeah. I guess just in this case with the stakes so high, number five overall draft pick and a guy who – uh, Philadelphia probably soured on Kevin Hayes because he didn't produce and then eventually got moved. Uh, you know, it was an easy pickings on uh, on Hayes there. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this question. This comes from friend of the program, Doug. You remember him? He's the non-ling. And oh, he, sure. uh, he oftentimes will uh, be texting with me as uh, we talk it over with JR. At what point do teams become hesitant to draft NCAA players because of the leverage they possess over junior or Euro players? Two of the top ten in 2022 were college players, three in 2023, including the two and five. Four of the top ten in 2024, including the consensus number one, are in college or college bound. As NIL develops, teams lose their only leverage for NCAA players to go pro with the teams that draft them. What are JR's thoughts on that? What do you think, JR? You think that's yeah, factoring Yeah, is that Kevin in? there asking the question? Yes, indeed, that's Kevin Lorenz. Yeah, yeah, hey, Kevin Shaw. Hey, uh, no, I think it's a fair point, especially when you see a situation like this, but I think these, these situations are pretty unique even though there might be one or two more of them with the college kids i think at the end of the day the teams are going to draft talent look for a stretch of 10 15 years here that you hear that uh, they're not going to draft russians because they're impossible to uh, to talk into coming to north america and then you see you know tarasenko and these types of guys come over and, and light it up so yeah. you know teams are always going to be in it for the talent i think and you know maybe a little bit of a hiccup here because of that a uh, little bit of leverage that they possess but i think Ultimately, it's going to come down to who can play and how can we get them here. College guys also are a little more polished than the junior guys. They've got a little bit more maturity from being a little bit older. Isn't that Probably. something to do with the talent? Right. Yeah. A little more structure. Speaking of talent, uh, Jimmy Snuggerud having a big year at Minnesota. Did I see Jimmy that? Snipes. Yeah, just phenomenal. And it always kills me. Like, if I go over, let's say you go to Europe and, and you play in this big tournament and there's a lot of emotions and you're drained when you get back. Like, how long does it take us to, you know, respond to the world when we get back? A couple weeks, at least for me. This guy comes back and scores five goals in the next two games for Minnesota, including a hat trick a night or two ago. Like, he just doesn't stop. So, Jimmy Snuggerud, uh, a good tournament with the uh, American team at the World Juniors. Now he's back at Minnesota, like I said, scoring. And uh, Doug Armstrong made it pretty clear. And, guys, I haven't heard him be that upfront about 
hey, we're ready when he's ready in terms of bringing a prospect into St. Louis and putting him in the lineup. But that's the way he sounded a couple of days ago talking about Jimmy Snuggerud. And he said, hey, look, it's going to be he and his parents' decision. What do they want to do after this sophomore year at Minnesota? But we are ready for Jimmy Snuggerud if he's ready. As a college guy, does he have a higher ceiling than another college guy, say uh, Denny Felsner, for example? Oh, wow, Doug, Denny Felsner. Gosh. I think that the uh, the ceiling is really high here. I think what uh, Doug pointed out, and this is true, guys, is he played on a line with Matthew Knives and Logan Cooley at the University of Minnesota. Cooley's gone to Arizona, tearing it up, doing a real good job as a rookie, and Matthew Knives has gone to Toronto and looks real good. So you can kind of you talk about projections. Well, here's two guys that he played with gelled with and looked pretty good, and both those guys are doing great in the NHL. A lot better than uh, Felsey right now. I like that, Doug Felsey. Felsey. Uh, JR, uh, Drew Bannister didn't really pull punches in his postgame comments last night. Uh, I feel like the centerpiece was somebody that uh, the Blues have been frustrated with for a while, and that was the turnover uh, that kind of broke things open. And uh, Verana, also a lot of conversation on the power play. Doug Armstrong was in the booth uh, with John Kelly and talking over with Kelly and Jamie Rivers' eyes side about Doug's guy, Jimmy Snipes, in addition to other players uh, at the World Juniors. And uh, it was kind of funny uh, that the Panthers scored a goal while he was up there, and he goes, oh, well, there's a goal against us. That's tough. And then he just goes right back into then he just goes right back into talking about Jimmy Snipes, and then they got the double minor, and the Blues have the four minutes, and you know it started off with an opportunity, but then it just kind of pissed away, and it goes back to that that power play. And, and Armstrong said, I mean, this is something. If we're going to have a, a big surge in the second half, we've got to get that right. So two things that go back to the Barubi era uh, popped up again last night, and that is Verana, and that is the power play. Uh, and Drew Bannister really. Did didn't pull punches on either in his postgame comments. Your assessment, sir? Yeah, yeah. First, I got to say that, uh, you know, I've covered Doug Armstrong's entire career in St. Louis as a GM, and there are games, there are times where, you know, that face can get pretty red and he can get pretty upset. And I don't want to say that he doesn't care this year, but I think. I think uh, what you heard there on TV is probably the way he's looking at this. You're like, oh, okay. I thought the exact same thing. That was the reaction (laughs) of a guy who isn't necessarily thinking chalice. Yeah, Yeah, so that's how he's kind of, I think, again, not that he doesn't care, but how he's looking at this season. But, yeah, you know, I was in the press room last night, asked uh, Drew Bannister. uh, We talked to him about what what changed that game. It was a a 2-1 game, and he went straight to the turnover by Verona, and I think he did everything but put Verona back on waivers last night with his comment, (laughs) with the way way that he said that it was the turnover. Like, we got a forward with speed, putting the D on his back, and he makes the, the turnover, and it, it's a 3-1 game. So I think that was a huge issue last night. You know, Bannister was right about that. And then the power play, guys, it's uh, now dead last in the NHL. Went from 31st to 32nd last night, 10.6%. They're 12 for 113 this season. God. That is just that is just outrageous. And, you know, you can talk about things all the time in terms of, well, if you're doing this, that would help you. If the power play was middle of the league, this Blues team would have at least four or five more wins. They've had so many chances mm. to regain the lead and take the lead, and it hasn't happened. So something has to give with that power play. Do you think, and, and, and maybe they wouldn't have done this anyway just because of, of Bannister and his ties to the young players in Springfield, but do you think if the power play weren't performing like it had been at the time of Barubi's termination, that Steve Ott, who's responsible for the power play from a coaching standpoint, would have been promoted? 
I think that's a fair question, but Doug Armstrong did say when asked that question that he just didn't have the head coaching experience. And so, since Bannister you know, had head coach at the, yeah. Yeah, at the NHL level, Bannister didn't, but I guess, you know, they really put a lot of stock in that minor league head coaching yeah. experience. And, and Drew, I think, had uh, been a head coach, what, 10, 12 years. So uh, that's what they're looking at. But it's a fair question if, if – the power play is fifth in the league, and teams are calling the Blues about talking to Steve Ott about right. becoming their head coach. Right. Would he have made him the head coach? I think that's a really good I mean, possibility. I, I, f- I feel like Ott is one of those guys, you know, when you watch around, whether it be the NFL or college football, you, like, know when a coordinator is about to take that next step to become a, a head coach. I feel like Ott, Ott's name has been out there. And uh, and now I, I feel like it's the opposite situation. People might be going, "Oh God, is he is he on the verge of, of losing his his gig with the way that this yeah, thing is performing?" Yeah. That's definitely happened. Yeah, I can. Uh, two years ago, a year ago, I was getting questions about, you know, when is Steve Ott going to take a head coaching job? And you just don't see that anymore. And you know, I, Steve's a great guy and a great coach, so I think it still could happen. But just with the way things are going, it's not at the forefront anymore like it was. So, what do they need to improve the power play? Do they need a a rear guard with a cannonading slapper, or they need a, a sniper with saucy mitts and a sinister twisted yeah. wrister. Brian Benning. I can't word it any better than that. They need all that. Everything you just said, they need They need Al to come down from the uh, management. Oh, chopper, dog number two. Oh, yeah. But, but seriously, I know you guys do this when you watch the games, but I sit up there on press row, Luke Korak and, you know, Alex Ferrario. Don't bring up Luke Korak on the show. Watch the other team's power play. Look at the movement. Look at the quick, you know, release on some of the shots. Uh, I thought we saw some of that last night on that first power play. I think I tweeted about it, but it's just not there on a consistent basis. And it just takes too long to move the puck and too long to – it doesn't look like, you know, each guy knows what the other is going to do sometimes. And and I think, you know, you're talking about a power play that was – you know, top five in the league just three or four years ago, and, and it's lost some guys. I get it, but there's still enough talent. But uh, sometimes you got to get to the point where it's like, okay, we don't care if you see it in spurts. This team needs goals, and as I mentioned, 10.6% on the season has really cost this team. Jim Montgomery was the power play coach, and then he had uh, a lot of success in Dallas, a lot of success now in Boston. Is it is it the personnel? Is it the coaching? Is it a combination? I mean, losing him yeah. it really really made a big change. So that's a funny story, Mark. Um, do you remember a couple of years ago, the Blues power play got out of the gate super slow, and then all of a sudden it took off. And what happened was they went from Jim Montgomery and they changed to Steve Ott. So when Steve Ott took over the power play, that's when it took off. And at the end of the season, like I said, it was you know top five, top six in the league. And I remember texting uh, Jim Montgomery, and I said, hey, I was really critical of you at the start of the season about this uh, power play, but I got to say, you got it figured out and got it turned around. So good job. And he just texts back. Thanks. And, you know, then I'm talking to somebody and he said, Hey, he gave the power play to Ott. So that's a little bad about, felt a little bad about that text, but uh, so yeah, no, Jim Montgomery has been a terrific assistant coach and, and he was great for the blues in that capacity. But that particular year that that power play did take off. Uh, that's when he went from the power play to the penalty kill. Uh, let's see what we got here in these two parters, Doug. They are coming right. in. I would think so. And uh, you can send yours in at 314-881-TMA5. It is the morning after, presented to you by Brown and Crouppen. Mark Hanna presents Jeremy Rutherford every Wednesday at 9 a.m. on the program. Uh, number one, JR, when can Army uh, contact drink to convince this Snuggerud kid with NIL money to come up here and start scoring some damn goals for this team? And number two, if that's not an option, 
can we bring back Jamal Mayers or Roman Vopat for a spark? Doug, would you like to see Roman, Roman Vopat? I don't even remember him. <laughs> yeah, I do. Didn't he go to? Did, did he maybe go to L.A. Uh, for the, he was in the, in Gretzky, the Gretzky trade? trade? Yeah, yeah. I think he was in that trade. Yeah, right? how about that? I, I, so he's yeah. still got to be playing. Oh, I'm sure he is. Well, Gretzky lives in town. <laughs> right. And so does Jamal Mayers. Yep. There's two right there. And Vopat. Yeah. I don't hey, know where he lives. You said uh, joined you every week at nine. Today it was eight fifty nine. I couldn't believe it when the phone rang. Well, this is a, this is kind of a really tight ship here on this show. You know that. I gave my laugh, right? Yeah, I enjoyed it. We're gonna have to clip that off. Hey, Jr. Why don't they try Blair Atchinum on the power play? Doug Atchinum, number twenty three. To shake things up. Also looking forward to your upcoming piece on how Scott Pellerin and Craig Conroy's dad sleeping together bonded the players and improved the penalty kill on the President's <laughs> Trophy team Might from two thousand. That's Alan Dadeville. I never I knew that. That no. That story would have sold a lot of subscriptions. I'm uh, <laughs> back then. And you say Atchinum, you know, it always reminds me that uh, when you're on deadline and and you're you're typing it out and you're trying to get it in on time, those last names, like, come on. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the roster trying to figure it out uh, with two minutes to go to the deadline. So Atchinum, I'm glad I didn't cover him. What yeah. happens if you don't hit the deadline? There's just nothing there? Or do they there give you, are, okay, we'll give you another editors. 10 minutes. Yeah, there's editors on the other line saying, what the hell happened? <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, it's uh, early on, it was something. You know, I was 19, 20, 21 years old, and you'd go downstairs and interview, let's say, Sergey Fedorov. And you know, at the time, you're in a little bit of awe, and now you realize quickly that, hey, listen, uh, who cares if that's Sergey Fedorov? i got to get upstairs and beat this deadline, or this, this is going to be the end of this job. But, yeah, they, the editors, even after you go after uh, beers after work, You'll be sitting over at the Mo Bar and Grill, which Tim, I'm sure you've been there before. Sure. Uh, they uh, right there on they, is that yeah, Tucker. They, yeah, get on you pretty good about making that deadline. Uh, final one for you, and it's uh, from a glove blogger. His name's Tom Traven, and he says, "Jr., how would you handle a 70-year-old man baby tweeting quote creepy at you out of nowhere? Uh, are you familiar with what's going on between Iggy and Luke Korak here over the last week?" Oh, I'm not. I'm not. What's going on? I don't know how this came to pass, but somebody tweeted. Just the word creepy at Iggy when he was recommending uh, people watching an obscure show with a young actress, and he tweeted at her how great she was. And then Iggy then went to this guy's Twitter page and then just wrote creepy in about 10 of his posts. And for whatever reason, he also wrote creepy under one of Lou Korak's posts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, I love some Lou. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So there's a big, we have radio wars going on now between Iggy and Lou Korak. Yeah, uh, we just don't know how, how much Lou knows about it. <laughs> Probably not much. I'll see him here in a little bit. What should I do? Uh, tell him uh, Iggy wants a piece of his ass. Yeah. And if he's got any balls, he'd show up on HD2. Wants a piece of his ass, literally. Oh. <laughs> I'll sponsor that video. Oh, you're going to sponsor oh, yeah. that one. More Marcana. Uh, JR, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Enjoy the blue shirts tomorrow night. All right. See, thanks, boys. Now I get an assignment. Let's yeah, we're giving out assignments on this show. All right, thanks, Rupsy. Jeremy Rutherford presented by this band right here. His name is... Mark Hanna, and he's with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and he's a life Sherpa who meets with Shrimply Pibbles and his wife. Mm. <laughs>
You don't know. Hmm. You know how many of your clients are listeners to the show? I only get a few uh, reports of of their of their text names. So oh. I always scratch my head about piecing it together. Here is this normal, <laughs> reasonably you know well put together human being, and yeah. it's. Some guy who's texted in about Doug <laughs> things that I could never imagine in my mind. Isn't that hot, Doug, to know huh. that well-to-do men in the area want to sleep with you? Well, well-to-do is a relative term. These Aren't people have like two nickels to rub together? Is I, it even I worth their time? I can vouch for it. I can vouch for it. There you go. It. All right. Yeah. So, Frimply Pibbles. Okay. Yeah. Putting that one in the old notebook. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mark, we always enjoy seeing, especially that head of hair, which I'm going to shoot yeah. for. That's what I'm going to shoot for. Yeah, well, good luck. Thank you so much. Uh, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. Drop by. Well, thanks, Hanna. Drop Hansi. by Cossies, too. There thanks, guys. Mark Hanna, we'll take a commercial break. Come back with more of TMA, presented to you by Brown and Crubin.